Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me is Derek Specht. Hello. You got a cold, Derek? A little bit. What have you been doing? Reading. A lot of reading. With me tonight is John Van Berger. <laughs> <laughs> reading, that's a giveaway. <laughs> Sorry, we couldn't fake it. <laughs> Derek is at McGregor Point uh, Provincial Park up on Georgian Bay, spending some time with the family this week, uh, doing a little bit of camping and canoeing. Um, nice. Yeah, Georgian Bay, the coast, the right on the coastline there, has a whole bunch of, uh, it's a rugged coastline, little coves and dips and doodles and everything, rocks and stuff, a lot yeah. of exploring, so they'll have a blast up there. It's, yeah, it's gorgeous, right? Yeah. It's gorgeous. Can't go wrong. No. Can't go wrong there. Not at all. And considering I was away all last week, mm-hmm. and you were away all last week. Yeah. Uh, now it's his turn to go away. <laughs> Still doesn't mean we're not going to give him crap for it, <laughs> but, you, you know. know. Yeah. yeah, we're all back here waiting, ready to work. I took my week <laughs> off and still worked. What's up, Derek? Yeah. What are you up, buddy? <laughs> Couldn't make the quick drive back home to record for an evening? <laughs> I was uh, I was on a 400 kilometer canoe trip and I took time out of my evening to record half a show. <laughs> yeah, and you know, if the border wasn't closed, I would have driven up there to your place today because that's how dedicated I am. Yeah. Way to go, Derek. Yeah. Way to go, buddy. Yeah, Derek. Yeah. 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 yeah I think I'll just have to dock his pay. <laughs> that deduction of nothing from nothing is going to hurt him come tax oh, time. Especially the second time I deduct the nothing from the nothing that was deducted. <laughs> so, John, you just got back from, you know, you touched on, uh, it was what, the one day you, you, I think you were one day in already, the Lower Wisconsin State Riverway. Yes. You were that doing was, that. That uh, was, what was that, episode 234, I think, and uh, I'd called in that, that night, and I had uh, pretty much was describing the ultimate relaxation trip. Yeah. So a little bit of Googling I did got me some <laughs> some highlights of, because we talk about doing these trips, but we really don't talk much about the water itself. So mm-hmm. the Lower Wisconsin State Riverway. Uh, it's not very old, eh? 1989. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Governor Tommy Thompson signed Wisconsin Act 31, which created the Lower Wisconsin State Riverway. It extends 92.3 miles from below the dam at is it Prairie du Sac mm-hmm. yep. to the confluence with the Mississippi River near Prairie du Chien and mm-hmm. encompasses 95, sorry, 90, yeah, 95,893 acres. Yeah. So what they did, I mean, it's, it's a really unique thing. Um, particularly here in the upper Midwest, there's really nothing like it. So they, they have this section um, where it's it's a lot of state lands around the river. Right. And mm-hmm. so the Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources has made up these maps, and they're, they're awesome. They're, you can find them online really easy, and you can print out these, these maps uh, probably 12 to 15, maybe 12, 12 miles on, uh, on a page. In fact, I can look at one right here. As we're talking, and uh, it lists out like as you're going down, you're looking down the river. It you know it gives you put-ins and takeouts and things like that. Right. But then mm-hmm. it also has all of these areas marked out as you're going down through the Boscobel unit, the Marietta unit, the Wazika unit, and these are all these 
um, these units that they've set up to manage along the waterway. And in most of these, there are no homes. Um, there's not much development. And so for a lot of the river, you know, you don't see, you know, cabins or things like that. Right. Um, now, it's it's not like a will. It's definitely not a wilderness trip, right? This is the, the upper Midwest. And, um, you know, there are roads that run parallel to this. Mostly, most of the time they're out of sight. You mm-hmm. can't see them. You can hear them, though, you right. know, but they have this the 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 way this whole thing was set up was just was just absolutely beautiful. And so you can get on here now and it, it's fantastic. Now, part of this thing is it's, the Department of Natural Resources, as you're saying, responsible for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're responsible for administering the, the land acquisition program within the park, the project boundaries and stuff. Yep. There is a Lower Wisconsin State Riverway Board, which is composed of nine members, of which six must be local residents or local uh, elected officials Mm -hmm. uh, from the affected counties that it runs through, which is really cool because those people would have a stake in what happens um, on that waterway that goes through their counties. So it's not somebody, you know, like down south of of the state is telling these people up here what's going to happen. Right, <laughs> right. So that's that's pretty cool that they, that they do that. Uh, there's performance standards which are designed to protect the aesthetic integrity of the waterway. Permits mm-hmm. are required for structures, timber harvesting, utility facilities, and other activities. Uh, you you need a permit to camp, yes? Uh, you do not. Oh, you do not. No, this is one of the things that's so sweet about this. Oh. Uh, the Wisconsin, it's it's a big, wide river, mm-hmm. and there are all kinds of islands, uh, some pretty good size, uh, some small. And then there are, I think one of the things that makes this really such a, an, another thing that's sort of, sort of beautiful and unique about it is there are all these sandbars. And so most people camp on sandbars as they're paddling down the river. Well, you're not supposed to camp on the shoreline if I, if I was reading that Correct. correctly. Because that's a lot right. of that's yeah. private owned. Right, and because you don't know, you know, and you obviously you don't want to, you know, upset somebody and, and yeah. camp on private property. And so the the cool thing about it is on these sandbars, it's you know it it makes this trip. Um, how do I want to describe it? It's like a combination of a beach party or a, a like a, a beach vacation, and and a paddle. Right, you know, and a paddling trip. So you have this. You know, you, you, it, it is, you know, I wasn't joking when I was telling you before, it's like, I'm really relaxed. I'm thinking about <laughs> staying here another day and not paddling. And yeah. that's why, right? Because you have these, you have these, uh, this, the sandbars you can camp on. There's no fees for it. There's no permits. Um, it's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, the, they say the water levels on the river change daily. Uh, especially oh, yeah. if there's been ri- rain anywhere within the, the watershed of the river. So when choosing a sandbar campsite, always make sure you have high ground in case a rise in river level overnight and always secure yep. your canoe and equipment so you don't fire yourself in a predicament in the morning. Yes. <laughs> they also say when you if you capsize or mm-hmm. step into deep water, because I guess there's parts where you need to line your canoe or, or whatever, 
do not fight the current. The river is relatively shallow, and by drifting downstream with the current, you should find a spot where you can just stand up. Yes, and that's true. I think I think the main thing, I was going to mention something about it later, but this is just kind of a great point to mention it, that... It, this is a it's a wide slow river mm-hmm. it's it's relaxing it's fun you'll hit these sandbars and sometimes you have to walk around them sometimes you'll be camping on sandbars that are sticking up a couple of feet and um, people play in those they swim etc but the the danger with it this river and, and maybe the only real danger with the lower section of the river is that at the end of these sandbars the water uh, the sandbar st- starts dropping away, and it's uh, the water down below is going several miles faster than the water up top. Right. And so, what has happened, unfortunately, and and you know, it tends to happen every summer, is that a family or somebody will be out playing and swimming on a sandbar. They've stopped and they're having fun. Somebody goes off of the back end. And a lot of times, it, it seems like it's not the person that goes in initially, it's the, the person that dives in to save them. They get trapped down low, and and um, unfortunately, they don't come back up. Yeah, a lot of so, the stuff I saw about it, they were big, in big capital, bold letters, always wear your life preserver. Absolutely. You've got to out there. You know, and, and it's... Um, it's a thing where it's it's funny because even like at the end of the day on these, you know, because it was hot when I was down there. And so you'd want to go out and take a little wade or whatever. It, you know, you, you you really have to respect this river. You right. can't just go out and jump in and be like, oh, I'm fine. It doesn't matter how good a swimmer you are. If you get pulled under, you know, it, it can be a problem. Yeah. Uh, of course, they do the leave no trace thing. There are restrictions. Yep. Glass containers are prohibited. Hence right. why you have to pour your beverage into a Nalgene bottle. Yep. Uh, each canoe boat must have waterproof refuse container for garbage. It could be a plastic yes. bag, cooler, other similar device. All garbage carried out. Yes. Which is good. Uh, and all of this makes sense, right? Yeah. It does. Oh, yeah. Uh, the other thing I noticed in this was turtles, deer, eagles, sandhill cranes, owls, heron, like a lot of, a lot of uh, wildlife and stuff there. Yeah. In fact, when, when, when I called in last time and we, we said goodbye and you, you hit the stop on the record button, um, some more sandhill cr- uh, cranes had flown in yeah. onto the sandbar where I was. And I remember you guys could actually hear them in the background going yeah. like, how close are they? John is being attacked by sandhill cranes as we listen live to his screams. Ow! 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 No! That hurts! Yeah, that was pretty cool. I mean, you could you could we could hear those so clear. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's really cool. Um, it's and it is very unique. Uh, I've been on a lot of different sections of the Wisconsin. I've been on that lower a number of times, different sections, and this was the first time I'd gone back with the intention of paddling the entire lower uh, state waterway. So after your first relaxing day and night, yes, how did the rest of the trip go? It was great. I decided the next day, and and you guys were making fun of me about my slow pace and taking (laughs) along a walker, (laughs) I decided that I was going to uh, 
take a zero mile day. And I did. So that next day, I, I just basically I swam, I sunbathed, I, uh, I went and cut some firewood, I made sandwiches for the rest of the trip. <laughs> I mean, you know, it was, it was great. It was, you nice know, it was like, day. yeah, it was like going to the beach, you know, and you're sitting there and then you got your toes in the sand and it's like, oh, this is awesome. Um, and so then I thought, you know what, I'm just, I am going to go to, uh, Muscaday, which is a, a town at the halfway point. And, uh, I thought, you know what, I'll just take out there. Jan will come down and get me and, and all's well. And, uh, as I was paddling then that next day, I ran into the only other solo paddler out there that I saw on the river was, uh, Lisa Sadowski. She's a, a nurse from La Crosse, Wisconsin. Right. And uh, we started paddling together and ended up, um, it was just like, it's one of those those cool things. You expect to have some things in common with with pa- other paddlers, right? Because well, of, yeah. of what you do and what you love. And But this was really funny because the more we talked, the more we found we had in common. And we got to the point at one point where we're um, decided to camp together. And so we're getting things going and making a fire and, and uh, she says, well, you know, when I when I graduated from Northern Illinois University, and I went, wait, what? <laughs> Which is where I graduated from as well, you know. And it was it was those kinds of things, and the more you talked. And, and so, uh, yeah, so we, we ended up paddling, uh, got up the next morning and said, well, you want to paddle together a little bit more, and, and ended up paddling the rest of the way together. Cool. Yeah, it was great fun. She had a, uh, a little... Uh, a uh, pack canoe, a 14-foot pack canoe. All right. And um, this was her first solo trip out on the river. And uh, so she was she was out testing that out. And, you know, she lives over in the western part of the state, and she's got all this great water over there. And then she has a farm over in Iowa just across the Mississippi. And so then she has some good paddling over there, too. So it was really fun to kind of talk and, and get a sense of, you know, um, Kind of what's available in the state, you know, from somebody else that that has all these other kind of favorite little places. Yeah, you know what? There's uh, I we were out uh, on the weekend there doing some kayaking uh, up Duffins Creek with uh, Alan Drummond of uh, Kingdom Outdoor Products. He came mm-hmm. up because he's never been in our local river, but he's been in all these other rivers up through Toronto and to the the west of Toronto. So it's like, how come you've never been here? <laughs> you know, they're like, why have you never come to the east side? So yeah, even yeah. that close, knowing other people's favorite paddling spots, that gives you more mm-hmm. to more spots to hit yourself later. Yeah, and I, I made one joke because you know Iowa has the reputation here of being just very flat and very you know lots of cornfields and very plain in in the Midwest. Right. And she said something about uh, I don't remember how she worded it, but something about one of the prettiest places in Iowa. And, and just as a joke, I said. Well, there's an expression you don't hear very often. <laughs> <laughs> I have paid for that since I've gotten back because she keeps sending me pictures of these rivers in Iowa now. <laughs> and, and they look fantastic. So, gotta uh, go there, gotta go there, yeah. gotta go there. Yeah. Yeah. So she John's said, moving uh, to Iowa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you need uh, to come over and go paddling sometime, let me know. And I'm like, yes. And, and also because there's a really good brewery over there too. So I'm, I'm thinking there's a, you know, there's a, a, a dual purpose trip here coming up soon. 
Wasn't Radar O'Reilly from MASH from Iowa? Yes, he was, in fact. Yeah, yeah. That's what uh, I remember about Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> I have a friend, uh, a guy I taught with uh, named uh, Pat Galligan, who's who's now a, a principal and uh, a good guy, and he was from Iowa. And I think it was him that told me, he says, do you know what Iowa stands for? I said, no. He says, idiots out walking around. I-O-W-A. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so, but no, it's, uh, it's beautiful. It looks, looks gorgeous. So I'm, I'm looking forward to maybe getting in touch with her and, and heading over there to do some paddling. Cool. So yeah. what was your weather like? Weather was good. It, it started out when I, the day I left, it was fairly cool. And then it just continued getting warmer and warmer and warmer on the trip. So I think it ended up, uh, there was, the hottest day, I think, was around 91 Fahrenheit or about 33 Celsius, wow. um, and that that was the actual temp. Yeah. And then because of the humidity, you're in a river valley, right? Yeah. Um, the feels like temp was 99 Fahrenheit uh, or 37 Celsius. So that was a day where uh, you know you'd get to a sandbar and you'd hop out and just kind of lay in the water for a little bit, hop back in the boat. Or I was doing a lot of. Uh, I had some um, some really uh, some cool ex officio um, travel shirts, and so what I'd do is I would soak those, put those back on, and they would evaporate, and that that actually was really nice. It kind of helped you get through it, you know. Yeah. But I'm I'm a northern boy. I'm I'm <laughs> this when it when it hits the 80s, it's starting to get too hot for me. So when it was up in the 90s, you know, I'm the I was, same way. Yeah, that heat and then the, you throw in all that humidity, mm-hmm. you, that just does me in. I just don't want to do anything. Yeah, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I just just like okay, uh, time to stop. Hop in the water. Oh, another sandbar. <laughs> hop in the water. <laughs> so at least the options but, to, there to do that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's it. That really is one nice thing about the river too, you know. And and there there are different kind of angles with this too that you can take so as the farther you go down the river the fewer people there are and so then we started taking these these little back channels between islands right and it it ends up being particularly on the real the wind came up too as it got warmer the wind wind started coming up and um so to make the paddling a little easier because i had that 18 foot um that Novacraft uh, prospector. Right, right. You took that big one out. Yep. Um, you know, it was it was definitely when the wind would come up, it was like, whoo, this is work, you know. Yeah. So oh, yeah. I we would go into these little um, these little channels, and it was fantastic because it was almost like being on a different river. You had trees overarching these. You had um, it was again very slow water. But it, it just felt like it was a different experience from being out in these main channels. Right. You know? so, but, that's, that's cool. so that was, yeah, that was really awesome. Um, lots of bird life. Uh, we got to Muscaday, and uh, I had gotten a text from Jan that said, uh, if you want to hang with her and go down to the Mississippi, go for it. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so, on, twist my arm. you know it's like uh that gets me another two days on the water sure cool and so what we ended up doing was we paddled about 15 to 20 miles per day right 
And uh, so what, 24 to 32 kilometers a day. Yep. And uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was great. And you're going with the, yeah. with the current as well. Not a lot of current, but yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, yeah, there's, there's not much current out there. Um, but it, you know, the, you know, we talked about the, like the sandhill cranes and stuff, but you know, there were, there are bald eagles, dozens, you'll see dozens of bald eagles, uh, blue herons, you'll hear them splashing out in the water, you know, where you're camping, um, as they're walking by, um, lots and lots of painted turtles, mm -hmm. uh, and the soft shell turtles as well, which was kind of cool. Yeah. That's uh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've never seen those and there's one of them that has a really, really limited range and, um, and it's actually a, it's, it's not a threatened species, but there's, uh, or, you know, it's not facing extinction, but there's, there's a serious concern for it. Right. You know, right. it, it has such a limited range and the Wisconsin river is, is the lower Wisconsin state riverway is part of that. So to see something like that, um, to see them in the water was really cool. Like at one point I had looked down and it had just kind of come up near me and then turned and went back down. It was like seeing a little mini manatee out there, you know, or, or not a manatee, but a, a manta ray, you know? Right. Yeah. 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 Really cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool yeah. when you get to see uh, things like that, that you don't normally see. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, lots of mosquitoes. I will say that is oh, a given uh, though. Yeah, and and particularly after, you know, the week I think before I had called in and talked to you, they had had real high water, right? Right. And so as the water dropped, all of these bottomlands along the river, then with the high heat, just became like you know mosquito incubators. Oh yeah. So so there were there was a couple of nights where it was funny. It was like you're doing stuff, you're getting things together, and yeah, you maybe get a mosquito, and you're you know slap here, and you're fine. And then all of a sudden, it's just like someone turned on a switch, and <laughs> you're scrambling to get everything on that has long sleeves and, uh, you know, anything you can get on to to get out of the way of them. Yeah, well, I was last week when we did the half our show uh, out on the beside one of the locks. That's when mm -hmm. all the mosquitoes came out. So we're sitting there going, "Oh, all you're going to hear on on the show is slap, 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 slap," because <laughs> we're swatting mosquitoes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, you know, but like you said, you expect that. That's part of it. So. Oh, yeah. Uh, what yeah. about storms? Anything? Storms, yeah. We hit uh, we hit a couple of big ones. We we were actually doing really well in terms of uh, storms and rain uh, coming up into, it was just the last day, and uh, got up that morning and sky didn't look so great. So we're packing up, getting everything together, and literally, as we're putting the last things in the boats, um, it hit and it hit hard and, uh, just waves of rain and lightning and, and, you know, you, you, you have limited choices of what you can do at that point because you're on a sandbar in the middle of a river yep. and you're watching actually the water, the water was rising as this, I mean, it came down hard and it was coming down. You could see it was coming up river. You know, there were, there were storms up river as well. And, um, so it, it got to, you know, you hit that question of, well, what do we do? Right. Be because you're, you're, you're on sand that is inches above water now. You're the highest point. You're the highest point. So do you 
stay there and wait it out. Um, I didn't want to paddle at that point because I didn't want to get out farther. And I, you know, there was an island nearby and it was like, well, we can go down there and it had trees on it. Mm -hmm. So it's Mm -hmm. like, you know, we wouldn't be the the tallest things, but if it hits one of those trees, (laughs) you know, and so, yeah, it really, we just thought, you know what, let's just, let's just sit here and wait for this to, to pass over. And, uh, there were a couple of, uh, close strikes up river, but, um, you know, it blew through, and and uh, we hopped uh, hopped in the boats and continued on our way. He but said, I here I hold did... my nine iron. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that scene from Caddyshack springs to mind. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I I do think, and and I was I was uh, talking with Lisa about this, and 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 kind of the limits of what you can do, um, because ironically, we were camped on a sandbar that I had camped on on my first trip down there in 2013 and that tells you by the way the how sort of enduring some of these sandbars are because that that was literally seven years ago mm-hmm. and so um you know you, you 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 i wondered at the time a storm rolled in and it's like well now what do i do you know and, and it was at night too right and so you're right. kind of like well if i paddle over to to the bank, to the far bank here, and just get in among the trees. It's like I have a hundred percent guarantee that I'm going to be eaten to death by mosquitoes, <laughs> versus versus us, you know, the the low chance of of getting struck by lightning, right? And uh, so I stayed out there and just slept through the storm that night. This time, again, you know, we just kind of were there, and it was like I'm going to do some more digging on this. And uh, I think uh, maybe in a couple weeks or something, or an upcoming show here, I'll give you a shout, and uh, we can talk a little bit more about that because there there is some stuff out there, but there's also a lot of contradictory stuff on lightning. Oh yeah, and what you're what you should really do. Well, you know? and that's so, the other thing is, I mean, we we ran into that on our trip was when do you get off the water when it's mm-hmm. raining, when you can hear the thunder, or when you see the lightning? Yeah. You know, like if I can hear thunder, but it's not raining and I don't see any lightning, mm-hmm. you know, like the chances of the first lightning that you see hitting you. Yeah. You know, so usually if it's, if it's pouring rain and the thunder's happening, it'll get off the water. If there's no rain and the thunder's happening and it's around you, but not over you, I'll stay on the water. But the minute I see lightning, I'm off that water. Like, are you? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. You, you've also had some some close calls with lightning. Yeah, so. I've had three close calls <laughs> with lightning. I don't yeah. care for a fourth, but I'll tempt it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like getting your finger just that close electric socket and go, no, no, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, 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 like you say, there's a lot of contradictory uh, stuff on the what you should do, when you should get off the water, when you should stay on the water, where yep. what kind of shelter you should seek. And then, of course, then you've got the um, lightning travels underground and, you know, all that sort of thing. So, yeah. 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 So it was, uh, we thought, okay, well, we got through that. We'll be good. We started paddling and the next thing you know, it starts getting dark again. And, uh, I got a, a text from Jan who said prior to the first storm said, you're about to get hit. (laughs) And, um, (laughs) 
then I got, uh, we got down, we started paddling down to a, a little, uh, town near the, near the end of the trip. And, uh, there's a bridge, uh, a huge, this beautiful bridge, um, that goes over the river. And it's a, a place called Bridgeport. And, huge bridge and as we we're paddling toward it we could see the bridge and the the sky just turning black behind it, it was right like, Ooh. and she was like do we get out here at the at this sandbar or wait this one out and it's like i don't think we should on this one let's let's get to let's get to that landing you know and so we yeah. we ported on got into the landing there was a couple there who's trying to get a fishing boat they had been out on the water they saw it coming in and so they pulled around they were trying to get the fishing boat out so once they got it out, we got our the canoes up and and it hit. And you could look back and and as you're looking out toward the Mississippi from that point, there's this um, this rise, this um, this hill or bluff. I, I guess you'd call it a bluff that goes up, and it's at Wyalusing State Park, and it's a you know a landmark for miles around. And you could see it, and then as this thing came in, it just disappeared. And the rain was coming down, and you could see, you and I have had that conversation about when you see rain on the water, yeah. that wall of rain coming across the water. Right and that's, at you, That yeah. ends up, yeah. And, and so it, that hit uh, while we were there. So we we spent some time under the bridge <laughs> um, <laughs> playing troll. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, and you just waited. And, and they had these, because it's this huge bridge, It's uh, they had the the drains coming off of that. And it was just like someone had turned on a spigot, you know. So oh, it was yeah. Poor, you know, and it, it was, it was amazing. And the the thing that we were really lucky about is, you know, we were right there to get off the water because that would have been ugly had we not been able to, you know. Because the thing with something like that too, that that a lot of people think, oh, well, I'll just get off the water, or, or like with lightning, right? Mm-hmm. Is you still have strainers along the shores, yeah, <laughs> or along the bank, right? You still have to take care of of watching out for things like that, even, you know, no matter how hard that rain is coming down, no matter how hard that wind is blowing, you still have to, those strainers will still throw you in the water and drown you. Yeah, it's not like there's just automatically nice, clear shores that you can just pull up on everywhere you go. Right. So, you know, we were fortunate where we got, and, uh, you know, it it came in, and and thankfully it came in and, and left, I'd say, probably within an hour or so. Right. Uh, we were able to get on our way. So it was one of those real fierce, violent storms. Um, the next day, that big derecho came through Iowa, and the last I heard, there were still people over there without power. Wow. Um, it, it, it was terrible. It leveled cornfields and, and uh, tore uh, farms apart. And, yeah, it was, it was, it was nasty. nasty. So, yeah. Yep. So we were, you know, we were lucky that we had those storms on this on the Sunday, this, you know, the two that were, were fairly limited as they moved through the area. So, wow. but yeah, but fantastic. I mean, it was, you know, and, and that adds to it too, right? That's sort of, you'll, you'll remember that. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. Let's, let's do a show on uh, a segment on that uh, lightning and weather and stuff like yeah. that. I know we did one a few years back, but it's mm-hmm. always good to refresh that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, what about your gear? I know you had some, some new gear here. Yeah, I had, you know, one of the things I threw in this time and simply because of my experience back in, was it 2013? I took, uh, the award for probably the most surprisingly useful piece of gear, 
uh, went to uh, a Lifeline aluminum snow shovel. I took one of those out with me. Really? And yes. And for you know the the initial thought was with it was for getting rid of shoveling out an area from all the the goose poop on the sandbars. Yeah. Like there are areas where you it's just covered. And so I thought, you know what? I'm just going to take this. I can I can do that and it's fine, right? Cuz otherwise you bring a little shovel to dig cat holes or you know whatever. Well, apparently you've never camped in a park in Canada where there have been dozens upon dozens upon dozens of Canadian geese and you can't <laughs> just shovel it off the grass. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, and the sandbar, the nice thing with the sandbar is that you can, right? Because mm-hmm. you can just get down a couple of inches or whatever. And um, so I took this snow shovel with me and it turned out it was also, also great for as the water level was dropping, you had the, you know, the, the sandbars had all the kind of uh, the current marks on them. Right. And so at, when they first came up, so you got the, all of these ridges and it's kind of hard. So I'd just go out, mark off the area where I wanted to put my tent, slide that thing over it a couple of times. Perfect. You know, so uh-huh. it, it was, it was actually a really good little piece of gear to take. And now he's going to have a metal shovel with him. Forever. <laughs> in the storms. In the storms, yeah. The light. Here, hold my yeah. shovel. <laughs> I'll hold the axe. You, you fly yeah, that kite right. over there. Here, no, hang this key <laughs> off that kite and then fly it. <laughs> there we go. You've got this down. You've got this down. Yeah. We can, go out, we can, we can film that, you know, for a, for a segment. Yeah. What not to do yeah. in a lightning storm. Here, Derek, <laughs> hold this. That's right. Yeah. So now you guys sword right. fight over there in in <laughs> that chainmail armor. <laughs> See what happens. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, uh, so all the gear you took was good. Gear I took was good. I took uh, I I tested out at a, a mountain hardware rain jacket. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had a lot of rain jackets over the years, and most of them it's kind of sort of sucked. Uh, I really like this one a lot. I had one that was. Uh, had some problems where it was, some of the sealant was coming off. I called them, and they immediately said, yeah, that shouldn't do that. Send it back to us. Uh, gave me a $100 credit. And, you know, so not only do they make good products, but if there is an issue with it, they stand behind it. So was very, very happy to, you know, to have that. Funny you should mention that because I'm looking for a new rain jacket. Mine's still what. good, but it's heavier, but it and it reeks. Mm. Like I've washed that thing. <laughs> Because you're in this storm, it's hot, hot, right. hot, and yep. you're you're in this rainstorm, like massive thunderstorm, and you're mm-hmm. paddling, and then you're standing on the shore, and you're getting absolutely drenched, and you're sweating, yeah. and then you take oh, yeah. that thing, that sweat smell, it doesn't matter what you do. It's kind of like some, kind of like a hockey gear, right? Pretty much, yeah. I think the, <laughs> I think the only way I'm getting rid of that, that funk is if I light yeah. the jacket on fire. <laughs> and even then, I'm going to do that from afar. <laughs> yeah, really, because that thing will probably yeah. burst into flames. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I had it in my, uh, my bag. I opened it. I'm like, what is that? Oh, my jacket. <laughs> <laughs> well, you figure, you know, if you put on a rain jacket and you're paddling in summer, you're either going to get wet from the sweat or you're going to get, you know, if you don't put it on, you're getting wet from the rain. But yeah. either way. 
Right. The rain would have been preferable to that stench. Oh. <laughs> uh. So yeah, yeah I'll, I, uh, I'll, uh, I'll find out what uh, jacket that was that you got, and maybe I'll uh, take a peek at it. Yeah, yeah. I took, uh, trying to think what other gear I took. I took out a, a kayak pump, um, and that actually was, was really a nice little thing to take out. And, uh, you know, so much rain hit so fast, it would have taken forever to either bail it or sponge it or, you know, yeah. unload, turn the canoe over, reload. And this just gotten back and pumped that out and uh, gave it to Lisa. She pumped hers out and then just we took off, you know. So that was a, a great little thing to take. Um, I took tent this time. I took a little two-person Big Agnes, a little right. jackrabbit tent. And it's a it's a great tent. I, I had taken this one. I've had it since, uh, geez, I think I, I took that up on the Yukon the first time I even went paddling up there. Um, you know, it's a small little tent. It sets up fast. It's well made, and uh, it's it's one of those that has a really nice mix of nylon and webbing or right. uh, netting. Netting, excuse me. Yeah. So you know, you if you keep the top off or keep the doors open because it's you know warm, you still have privacy. Uh, you can still work on electronics without you know worrying a whole lot about them. So um, love that. I took out. Um, one of the things that I took out this time was, uh, and and this is something that's that's kind of cool. I've mentioned uh, Chris Randall on the podcast before, uh, in terms of winter camping. Yeah, and I met him up at the the Minnesota uh, Winter Camping Symposium, and he had given a presentation on heat reflectors for your stove in a hot tent. Right, and his his whole presentation was just on reflectors and different things that they do and how to set them up, and it was amazing. It was like, wow, this is that that sounds like a topic that you wouldn't necessarily get a whole hour out of, right? Right. But it was it was fascinating. So nice guy, super knowledgeable, great presentation. He has a company out in Manitoba where he lives, where he makes canoeing and winter camping gear. And so earlier this year, he contacts me out of the blue and says, "Hey." can I contribute any gear towards the Yukon journey? Uh, just kind of blown away, you know. I was like, well, that, that's really kind, thanks. So he sent me uh, several of these nylon barrel dividers, or you know, for um, putting your gear in, inside your food in inside the, you know, the, the blue barrels. Right. So he's, yeah, he sent me three of these. They were, um, he makes these by hand, Um he, uh, you know, they're heavy-duty nylon, they're quality materials, and, you know, that's one of those things where it's so nice to be able to open a barrel, not have to dig through it, you know, in the rain or in bear country or whatever, and just say, okay, well, yeah, my, my breakfast is in this one, my, you know, and they're color-coded, right? Right. So you can kind of go through it, and and uh, so given that the Yukon journey was postponed, I hadn't used these yet, so I took them out on this trip. And just love them. And so um, he's only charging, and I still don't know how he's able to do this. He's charging thirty dollars per, you know, like per bag, right? Per the, these these bag dividers. And um, so I'm going to order at least one or two more of those um, <laughs> before the price goes up. Um, <laughs> because everybody's going to want them. Yeah, well, and now I'm going to, you know, I better put my order in, like, at the end of the podcast before anyone else, you know. Starts um, doing it. Beat you to it. That's right. 
yeah, yeah. So I can at least you know uh, get that. But but no, they're they're really good, and and you know it made such a, a difference in terms of time, and and that was just one of these little things that was great, and you know, and it's also you. I like you like giving money to smaller businesses and particularly to good people. So, um, so yeah. So if anyone is listening to this and wants to see what he's got for gear, go to canoepaddler.net um, and uh, and check it out because he has a lot of a lot of little things that he puts together for winter camping as well. So as as that starts to come up here, yeah, yes. Um, I can't believe it's already you know, August, man. Mid August. God. Well, yeah, and you and I were talking that you know, what three weeks ago or whatever, and and we're talking about your your trip coming up here, the Trent Severn. Yeah, and uh, you, you said, yeah, I'm going out on that, and I'm like, wait, I thought that was later in the year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, later in the year's here. Yeah. Um. So I had uh, I had one uh, year disaster. I took my. Uh, my Helanox uh, sunset chair. All right. And we had a fire going, big wind. And I stood up to go get something out of the cooler. And the wind, which I thought, I thought my my chair was far enough to the side of the fire that I didn't have to worry about it. But the wind came in a little, a little from that direction, picked it up and threw it right into the fire. It's funny you should mention that. <laughs> I yes. saw a post. I'm sure it was on Facebook. Yes, it wasn't from you, was it? About think- putting a string or something on the back of your chair and a tent peg. That would be from me. Yeah, I read that. I just read it quickly. I didn't even look to see who who it was from. Yeah, <laughs> funny if you, you should actually, mention that. <laughs> if you go down from that initial post where I mentioned. You know, the great idea to uh, take a tent peg, make a, a, a loop of rope with that, and then you can stick that down in the ground. Um, that will hold your chair from flying into the fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> because Chelsea up on the Yukon uh, journey uh, had that happen to her as well. And she kind of sewed and, and duct taped uh, it back together to get, you know, enough that, that she could use it on the trip. I brought mine home, and I thought, Jan's a former seamstress. You know, anybody can fix it. She can, right? And she looked at it, just kind of, hmm, turns it around, looks at it, turns it back around, looks at it. Sporting hmm. goods stores that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she's, that's what it came down to. She just looked at me and said, buy a new one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I so can't I, learn from Chelsea's mistakes. You got to make them yourself. Yeah, that's right. Well, you know, and and it's one of those things where I thought, oh yeah, I'm I'm fine. It's over here far enough, and the big winds were coming in, and it just it tossed it. It was funny because Lisa grabbed it immediately and pulled it out of the fire, pushed it down into the sand, and then it it sort of created a sculpture of of melting plastic and sand. So awesome. it is also kind of a kind of a work of art now, abstract yeah. sculpture. You know? Yeah. See. <laughs> yeah, just put that out on your lawn. That's right. <laughs> Eventually, you'll have a whole bunch of things. Yeah. Well. Yeah. If we put everything out on the lawn, that you know, where I've screwed up something on a camping trip. Like I say, you'd have a whole bunch of things. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so it sounds like you had a good time, anyway. Fantastic time. Yeah. It I, was. It was. You know, it's such a unique place. 
Um, it was relaxing. It was fun. Uh, met a you know new friend who um, got on very well along the river. You know, sort of the same. I think you know you, you, if you think you know, there's so many things that when you go out paddling with somebody that you know are they early riser are they late riser are they fast pack up and go or are they you know sit the coffee and you know just little things like that and we just meshed and so all of these things along the way it's like you could forget all of everything that was kind of going on almost Mm -hmm. you know you get out there and it was like yeah i'm having a i'm having a good time and you know there's these other things going on in the world but you know for the most part on the river you you didn't really deal with that you know cool yeah, cool. yeah, it was great. Well, all right, let's take a quick break here, and okay. we come back. We'll uh, talk about uh, a little. Uh, we're not going to go too deep into it, but uh, yeah, I'll give a brief outline of some of the highlights of my uh, trip down the Trent Severn Waterway last week. We'll cool. we'll be right back. Hi, this is Derek Sprest. You're listening to Paddling Adventures Radio. If you like what you've been hearing, you can find out more by checking us out at paddlingadventuresradio.com as well as on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter. You can find all of our episodes on iTunes, Google Play, and the episode page for our website, where all our podcasts are available for download or streaming. We love to hear from our listeners, so if you have a suggestion for the show or want to let us know how we're doing, please drop us a line. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters, providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family since 1961. Whether you want to get on the water for a day or a week, the friendly staff at Algonquin Outfitters can help you out. Find them online at algonquinoutfitters.com or visit one of their 12 locations. Algonquin Outfitters, your outdoor adventure store, with locations in Algonquin Park, Muskoka, and Halliburton. Welcome back. So we talked forever about your trip. Yes. <laughs> so For, the, wait a minute. Well, forever? Well, forever. You know what? I'm going to do this again, the whole thing in September. That's right. going to be like a 20-hour episode. It'll be a 20-hour. It'll be a three-week episode. <laughs> yeah. You, we're just going to hit record. You're just going to keep talking. Yeah. We're, we're going to yeah. go for a drink, come back. Oh, that's it for this <laughs> week. Click. See you next week. And we'll just do the same thing that's next right. week. Well, assuming that my conversation that we just had hasn't, you know, put so many people off that they're not going to hear yours, ah, please, no. please tell me about the Trent Severn Waterway. Well, I'd like to, but we ran out of time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I hope everybody's sitting comfortably now after that commercial break. They grab themselves a, a little beverage and, you know. Um, the Trent Severn Waterway. I have. I didn't. I'm out of everything. That, 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 uh, COVID, uh, lockdown out there is really getting you, huh? Well, being away and doing trips and other things and what, I just have not, I, I got a nice pile. You'd swear that everybody walking by our house thinks I'm an alcoholic because <laughs> I, I just, I just cleaned it all out and. Because we'll buy two cans of this, two cans of that, two cans of this, mm-hmm. a couple of cans of that. And so it all, so instead of taking back two cans at a time, I just let it pile up. And then when I got a good load, I'd take it over and get a free case. Mm-hmm. So everything sits by our recycle bins. And I'm sure people walk by going, yeah, that boy's got a problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a collector. 
<laughs> Drinking's not a problem. It's the collecting of the cans afterwards. Well, I tell you what, because I am a kind soul, I will have another drink in your honor. Thank you, man. See? With yeah. friends like that, who needs enemas? <laughs> <laughs> and and after the show's over, I'll tell you just how good it was. Awesome. You can yeah. breathe in the microphone so we can not smell it. <laughs> That's right. So the Trent Severn Waterway, I'm just going, I'm just going to go through, and we've talked about some of this stuff, but I'm just going to go through some of the highlights of this week. Uh, who came out to see us when we paddled? Now we paddled from, from Trenton on Lake Ontario all the way out to Georgian Bay, which is mm-hmm. almost 400 kilometers. Uh, cool. we did skip a couple of sections because, uh, just time constraints. So like Rice yeah. Lake, massive lake, uh, mm-hmm. Lake Simcoe, another massive lake. You know, that's like, there's two days gone out of our week right there. Easy. So we yeah. did, we had the vehicle portage. Uh, is Dave, that what you call a vehicle portage? A vehicular portage. Oh, I've yeah. never heard that before. Yeah. We throw the canoes on top of the truck and we drive. It's a vehicular <laughs> portage. I like it. Yeah. 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 You know what? We were, we were on time constraints and stuff like that. So there were, there yeah, were certain no, parts that unfortunately as much as we would have loved to paddle the whole thing, but we did all the right. lot, like we we're doing all the locks. That was the main thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, day one, Sue Shepard, Sue's outdoor crew, her and her family mm-hmm. came and joined us for, for, uh, some of the paddle the first day. Cool. The second day, Derek showed up and it was a historic moment <laughs> because Derek and I, who've known each other over a decade, mm-hmm. have never paddled in the same canoe. Hmm. We've been on trips together where we've been in other people's canoes or paddled solo in our own canoes, but we have never actually paddled in the same canoe. So he jumped in the front, I was in the back and off we went. So where, while he's not here to defend himself, how was Derek as a paddler? Hey, he's crap. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, you know what? It's cool because I mean, I know his style of paddling, mm-hmm. you know, so it was, yeah, I mean, he gets in the front and he just starts paddling. There was yeah. a couple of times, you know, like I, I will say we're aiming for that gray building and then mm-hmm. depending on what I feel the, the, you know, we're, we're doing a bit of a drift or with the waves, you know, all these different things, I'll maybe not aim directly at that mm-hmm. building maybe to the left of it or the right. And then all of a sudden he's got his paddle out and he's doing a little draw or something to, to make sure we're pointing at the Island or the, the building or whatever. But I mean, that's a white water thing. And he, he just, I think it's just re- reflexive, reflexive. Yeah. yeah. Um, where all of a sudden he would just throw it a little draw or something like that. And I'm like, mm-hmm. ah, ah, ah. yeah. So, and then I just fix it back to where I was pointing anyway. Uh, but no, you know what? Yeah, we really clicked really well. Um, oh, cool. There, yeah, it's, you know, it's cool when you got the, that kind of experience and, you know, you know what to do. Just boom, boom, boom. Right. And, you know, I mean, as long as you guys have been doing this, it's cool that you're out in the boat together. Finally. Yeah. yeah. And, and in all fairness to Derek. Um, He's crap. Actually, I was going to say the opposite thing. I was going to be nice for once. Yeah. Um, I saw some of those videos that Mike Burns had put together with them, you know, when they were going through the rapids. Oh, and yeah. It's like, this boy knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. So, 
Um, yeah. yeah, that was that was cool to see. Just don't put him on flat water because he still wants to paddle like he's on white water, <laughs> doing draws and prize and cross draws and yelling out for rocks and you know. <laughs> now it, it was really cool to be able to uh, get in there with him. Uh, Sue cool. actually was heading north uh, mm-hmm. that day and happened to come by. I think it was Campbell. Yeah, with Campbellford. Um, and she met us at one of the locks and dropped off some of her local brew to us. And uh, <laughs> nice. so we had that for that evening. Um, Very nice. Yeah. It was like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, gave it to us and then we put it in the chase vehicle so that, you know, we didn't have alcohol in the boat. Oh. Because uh, what is it? Um, water on the water, beer on the pier. Gotcha. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, we had Kevin Callen <clears throat> paddle okay. with us the third day through Peterborough. Uh, again, I've I've known Kevin for four years now, and we've been to all these events, and he's been on our show a few times. I've never actually been out on the water with him. Mm. And we, we paddled in two separate canoes, but we were actually on the water at the same time, right next to each other. It was awesome. <laughs> if Very you cool. go to Paddling Adventures Radio uh, Facebook page, or you go to Kevin Callen or the Happy Camper Facebook page. There is a YouTube video that Kevin put together um, mm-hmm. with, uh, you know, little bits of everybody that were there. And, and it's, it's, it's rather humorous. You'll want to check that out. Cool. Alan Drummond, uh, our buddy Alan, who is yep. uh, runs Kingdom Outdoor Products and also has his little personal hashtag Alcation. Because <laughs> Alan takes his vacations, and uh, he's they're always paddling vacations or traveling vacations. So he started this little hashtag Alcation. Uh, he posts pictures of all these places he goes and stuff. Um, and it's Al- not the alcohol vacation. No, right? it's not it's an alcohol vacation. Alan, okay, I just because yeah. I don't think he drinks, so I just wanted to verify that. Oh yeah, I've never seen Alan drink ever. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm just waiting for that fourth strike of lightning to hit me. <laughs> uh, no, no, that, the allocation is Al's, Al's vacations. Gotcha. Uh, so he came out with us the one day and paddled. We had a good time there. Uh, I will say when Alan and I were paddling at one spot, uh, this is this is pretty cool. Um, I was talking about eating or something. I can't remember exactly what time I was talking about eating. In, and said, I don't have my lunch or something. I was, I'm a poor boy and turned into po' boy, the po' boy sandwich. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden he goes, oh, oh, oh. And he's looking at the marsh while he's doing this. And I'm looking. What is he looking at? What am I missing? What am I not seeing? And he's reaching and he's getting his camera, his, his phone out. He's going to take a pic. What am I not seeing? Here? All of a sudden he's FaceTiming somebody. Hmm. Jerry Vandiver's birthday. <laughs> so our buddy Jerry down in Nashville, it's his birthday. Yep. So we're in the middle of the Trent Severn waterway. We're paddling and it's, it's a bit wavy. So mm-hmm. all you see is water all around us. And Jerry <laughs> pops up on the screen and like, what? Happy birthday, Jerry. <laughs> so I don't know who was happier him to get the greeting or us in the middle of nowhere being able to send him the greeting. So that, that was, uh, that was pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Jerry's, Jerry's one of a kind, isn't he? Oh yeah. Yeah. You know what? Like if, if I had to say out of all the people I've ever, ever met, mm-hmm. 
the best people. He's definitely top three. Behind Derek and I. Behind me, myself, and Jerry <laughs> and I. There's me, myself, Jerry, and I. Those are the top four. And then gotcha. then Derek John. <laughs> They're fifth. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. He's not here tonight. John, John. Derek. Yeah, yeah. Okay, John, I'm better now. John Derrick. Oh. <laughs> Me, myself, Jerry, and I are the top four. John Derrick and then Bo Derrick. Yeah, yeah, yeah whatever. Yeah. It all works. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Jerry, yeah, yeah. Um, can't say enough about we had, Jerry. We had uh, on the, as we were paddling the Wisconsin, um, we get, we had one day where we were a little bit tired, you know, one afternoon. And I said, well, should I turn on a little music to, you know, kind of get us going? And uh, she asked for a couple different bands, and, and it was music I had at home but not on my phone. And so it was like Eric Clapton. It's like, no, and, you know, JJK, I don't know. And then she says, Jerry Vandiver? And I went, I got Jerry. I got all of Jerry's albums on my phone. <laughs> So we're, you know, we're paddling down and, and uh, listening to Jerry while we were paddling. So, yeah. If you've not it's, listened to Jerry Vandiver, it's all paddle songs, canoe songs, that sort of stuff. Give him a listen to. Uh, yeah. We've we've played him on this show, actually. I've, I've When we first started talking about this and doing this show, he sent us a message saying, hey, if you want to play some music, play some of my stuff. And we've been playing it ever since. Uh, yeah. Really, really good stuff from Jerry. Uh, so Jerry, or sorry, so Jerry came out sort of with us <laughs> via, via iPhone. Uh, John Brower, he's, uh, one of the local ki- uh, kayakers I know here from Ajax. He, he joined us, uh, the last day to come out and paddle. And, uh, one of my, one of the good things was my buddy from work, Jimmy, he has a cottage in Campbellford. Uh, so he met us at one of the locks and said, yeah, when you're paddling up, stop by the last dock before the um the lock and uh, the next lock and i'll uh have some cold water for you guys and nice. it's like well it can't be that lock because that's like that's got to be part of the or that that dock because that's got to be part of the lock no he is that close to, like he could have taken <laughs> with a good arm you could take one of those water bottles and hit the lock he's wow. that close <laughs> so so yeah it was kind of cool to uh Meet up with him, grab a, have a little chit chat. Because I haven't seen him in, in ages because I'm still working from home, right? Right. And um, so, uh, yeah, it's nice to, it was nice to have a little quick chit chat with him and see how things are going and, and whatnot. So it was surprising. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, who did I, I missed a couple people here. Oh, uh, Janice and Susan, Janice Baustad and Susan Wardley, they met us in Bob Cajun and Janice came out, paddled with us. Uh, the next morning for a bit, leaving Bob Cajun. Uh, and mm-hmm. Greg and his dog Hudson, they came out to see us in Fenland Falls. Uh, no, Alan posted a picture of Greg and I talking. We both have the big beards. And I like it because it's like, hello, beard. Oh, well, hello, beard. <laughs> <laughs> so that was kind of funny. Uh, so we definitely had a lot of people come out and meet us along the way. Which was mm-hmm. really cool, um, yeah. you know. I mean, we didn't have time to stop and and have lunch and drinks with everybody along because we, you know, we had distance to make sort of stuff. But to actually sit yeah. there and you know have a chit chat for a few minutes and see how everybody's doing that you haven't seen since all the COVID stuff started and and all that uh, that was that was really cool to to get people out and see us and stuff. 
Awesome. So there's, they say there's 45 locks, but there's actually only 44 because lock 29 is no longer there. They combined mm. 28 and 29 into one lock back in the 60s. So mm-hmm. realistically, there's only 44 locks, but there's 45 listed. Mm-hmm. Um, the locks I liked, uh, or that stick in my brain, the very first lock in Trenton, because that was the start of the trip, right? Yep. And yep. when we're in the lock, uh, there's a, a bridge, a train bridge that goes by it, right behind it. And mm-hmm. as we're getting up to the top, all of a sudden a train goes across, <laughs> which was kind of coincidental. Uh, pretty cool. Yeah. Lock 11 and 12, Ranny Falls. Uh, flight locks and mm-hmm. 16 and 17 Healy Falls were flight locks. So flight locks are you go into one um, one lock and it mm-hmm. either raises or lowers. The doors open and you paddle right into the second lock. So that's cool. that's a flight lock. And that one raises or lowers depending on which way you're going. Then the doors open and then you continue on your journey. There was two, the two of them are in that section are down um, in uh, Campbellford. So those are pretty cool, especially this, the second one is a drop or I guess not a raise, um, 40, uh, sorry, uh, 54, 54 feet. Wow. So, which isn't bad. I mean, bad because, but when you go into the bottom lock and it closes, you're looking at this 50, I gotta think it's yeah fifty four. You're looking at this fifty four foot section, big wall uh, doors and everything going straight mm-hmm. up. And of course, people <laughs> are up there looking down at you, right? And you're, they look like little ants way up there. So <laughs> then you raise half of that, which is what twenty four. I guess it was twenty four feet or something like that that you raise. Yeah. And then the doors open, and you go into the second one, and you raise the second twenty four feet. Uh, and wow. then those doors open yeah. and you continue on. So it raises you that high in two goes, half at a time. Mm-hmm. So that how, was... How long How long would that take? That was uh, 20 minutes. That's all. Wow. Yeah. You know what? The locks... It, now, having the chase vehicle where they would go ahead of us and be at the next lock so that they can film us coming into the locks and stuff, they would say, mm-hmm. we got two canoes coming um, here's their permits here. We're allowed to film. Here's the film permit. Da, 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 da. Oh, that's them over there. You can see them coming. So, you know what? They know there's nobody waiting at the top of the lock. So they'll lower and the doors are open by the time we get there. Mm-hmm. So we're not, there's only a couple of times where we had to wait for because there was boats in, especially they were, they were up more towards the Georgian Bay side of things. So mm-hmm. yeah, a lot of it was, you know what? We just paddle in doors close up. We go, Right. Yeah. Which was really cool. There was a couple times, I think maybe, I think there's only two that we had a long wait at that were almost an hour. Wow. Yeah. So, realistic, that wasn't bad. Uh, the Peterborough lift lock. Love that one. That was huge. Right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely huge. And that reminds me, I've got something in my glove compartment. I've got to get out. So, anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, squirrel. <laughs> I just thought I have to I just thought back, yeah. vacuum my office. Yeah. Uh, will you excuse oh. me for a minute? Everybody just excuse, hold this thought. I'll be back in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I've been having a lot of squirrel moments this past month. Mm. Uh, lock, uh, lock 36 was the Kirkfield lift lock. 
it's not as big as the the Peterborough lift lock, of course, but it's faster. Mm-hmm. It just all of a sudden <laughs> drops. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, and then at the bottom, all of a sudden, it's like it's just like all these brakes all of a sudden click in and slows you right down with all this jerking motion. Really cool. The sounds like kind of like a county fair kind of ride. That that's exactly what it was like. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's exactly what it's like. It's like, ah, right, here we go. You ready? Hang on. Woo! <laughs> awesome again. <laughs> uh, the next one after the Swift Rapids. That was one of the ones I didn't want to miss, and we thought we might have to. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to drive up and check out the Swift Rapids lock, it's a twenty-two kilometer road, and I use the term road. <laughs> because yes. that's what they call it. <laughs> I really don't know if it's actually considered a road. So but, if you have a four-wheel drive and want to go visit the Swift Rapid Lock. Um, when they drove, because we used my my truck as a mm-hmm. chase vehicle. Yeah. So when we drove up into there, um, I think I was doing 15 to 20 kilometers an hour the entire way. Mm-hmm. Apparently, when they came out, they were going even slower. <laughs> uh, it loosened all the the jarring from the potholes and everything else. It loosened one of the straps because I got one of those goalpost straps that slides into my hitch, and then I can mm-hmm. that way, you know, it's at the behind my tailgate, so I can put the two canoes over yeah. top of the the box. And my tunnel cover actually shook so bad, it actually moved towards the driver's side. <laughs> and the rear corner sank in to the box. Wow. The, yeah, the road was that nasty. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I I don't know if our driver, John, was all that keen on driving. And, uh, dude, you know what? Just take it easy. Don't, you know. So they made it out anyway. But uh, it took uh, 22 kilometers was almost an hour, I think, to get in. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't have taken that long. Yeah. Uh, but... The Swift Rapids lock, that is one of the ones I wanted to see. And you get into that one. Now, this is going downhill at this point. Um, Majority of the way we were going, we were paddling and raising in every lock. But we're at the point now where we were going down in every lock, right? Mm -hmm. This is a 47-foot drop in one go. So it's not a flight lock. So, you know, 23 and 23. Yeah. This was 47 feet in one go. So we get to the (laughs) bottom of this thing. And these massive doors, 47 foot doors are in front of us. And they open and you swear it's like something out of Jurassic Park or Lord of the Rings. Right. Just (laughs) revealing like these doors are 47 feet high. (laughs) <laughs> you know, and you're like, wow, that was like, I would have, I would have turned around, gone back in just so they could raise it just so that mm-hmm. I could go down again. <laughs> and, and, and I mean, the scenery around there is breathtaking as well. Uh-huh. Um, after we got out of the little channel of this area, we were surprised. We thought, you know, you're going to be North, you know, farther North, it's going to be a lot of wilderness. Mm-hmm. There are so many sections of the Trent Severn waterway non-stop, shoulder-to-shoulder cottages. Really? Oh, 
Yeah. It's, it's like, oh. wow, totally took us all by surprise, mm-hmm. especially up there. Uh, the one right after that, Swift Rapids, was the Big Shoot Marine Railway. Okay. So this is a giant platform with sides. So you, mm-hmm. it's in the water, like underwater, and you... They, they, they direct you on. Now, being paddlecraft, we sit on the bottom. But the big boats go in, and they're straps. So they position the boat over the straps, and then they raise the straps hydraulically so that the boat is resting on these straps. Hmm. Big, heavy-duty straps. Mm-hmm. So this box, three-sided box, basically is on four giant stilts with train wheels on and these train wheels are on a track that goes over this hump of land and the people on the side drive it over this hump of land and as so it comes out of the water the boats Uh every all the boats are now out of the water and any of the big boats are on these being suspended on these big straps Uh we're now on the bottom of this thing, like my canoe is flat, <laughs> not in water any longer. Uh-huh. And you go over the top and then it's like a very, it's almost like a roller, a very slow roller coaster. And you, if, when you're going towards Georgian Bay, it is steep. So you're mm-hmm. looking straight down going, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then, uh-huh. it, yeah, then it, it just dries right into the water and slow, like when you hit the water, all of a sudden you just start raising and it continues on and then you just paddle off or the boats, they, they release the boats from the straps. They lower yeah. their, what is it? The transom or whatever and start their engines and pfft, off they go. <laughs> Next boats come in. So yeah, really cool. Really cool. So that was so, one of the other ones I wanted to do. I'm really curious to see the video of this now. You know, I think this would be this would be fascinating to see. It was one of the ones I did the live because I did Facebook live all through this trip in different sections. That's oh, actually, okay. I actually held up my phone and did the, the oh, okay. uh, Facebook live thing on that one. Yeah. Um, there's also one of me doing the uh, Gandalf, you shall not pass. <laughs> and just the way the, the um, echo, I, I thought that turned out rather well. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if that was on my personal page or on my on the uh, Paddling Adventures radio page. I put that one. Let's take a look for that. Oh yeah, I'll have to. Uh, if it's not on, if it's not on the Paddling Adventures one, I'll have to put it there. Yeah. And then right after Big Shoot, the last lock, forty-five Port Severn. Uh, of course, that one's memorable because it was the very last lock of the trip. Uh, you know, you go through that, and it's a small one. It's just a tiny little, like six foot drop or something like that. It's like. It was just sort of the, just to level everything out. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, so you get out of that one and you pull over to the side and you unload your canoe and bring the canoe up and you're like, that's, that's all she wrote, folks. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, had, it that's was, cool. it was really cool. Like I say, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, six locks out of the 45 that you Definitely, definitely need to check out. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, hey, when the border opens. <laughs> oh, dude, you know what? Like, we'll drive up there. We'll drive up to Kuchiching. We'll paddle to Swift 
Rapids. <laughs> we'll paddle to the big chute marine railway and we'll paddle to Port Severn and have somebody pick us up. Cool. Like those two, Swift Rapids and Big Chute, you definitely got to do. Uh, we can drive right and park right at the uh, Peterborough Lift Lock. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely hit some locks. And that's that's yeah. the thing is when you I mean we did we did the Peterborough Lift Lock and uh, the Nassau Mills Lock right after it a couple of years ago and it's like okay well that's cool you know mm-hmm. and you're trying to figure out how to do a lock for the first time and all that sort of thing but yeah. you get a few locks into a trip like this and you're like mm-hmm. yeah, here's my rope swing it around there hold on to that up we go let the rope go push off from the side paddle on out it's just like boom 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 boom. You just pick it yep. up so easy. It doesn't matter what side you're on. You get your rope over, you know, hanging out, you know. Yeah. It was, it was, it, it's amazing how fast you pick it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, ice cream. We ate a lot of ice cream. <laughs> uh, there seems to be a lot of ice cream places around. So we were indulging. Uh, so we, that, the heat wasn't t- too terrible then. The heat was awesome. Uh, a minimum two liters a day. One liter, one day I went over four liters of water. It was baking, absolutely baking, except for one day where we got hammered with thunderstorms, uh, three times in a row. And it (laughs) came so fast. We just made a beeline for the, for the shore and jumped up Thought, okay, well, let's see what it's like, you know, thinking, okay, well, maybe it's just a quick little something. And within two minutes, we couldn't see the far shore and our boat was already filling up with water and we were soaked to this. Like it happened that fast. I wonder if those were the ones that pushed through, you know, that we had experienced. Well, if you're one day before us, it would not surprise me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, at the, at the, at the end, it's like, you know what, let's just grab all the gear out. And we flipped up the, I flipped up my canoe upside down so we could stand under it. And mm-hmm. at least, I mean, it's too late at that point. You're already soaked to the skin, but maybe yeah. we can save a few drops from running down our neck, down our back and into our underwear, right? <laughs> uh, there was one one time we're paddling and it's like, I need a cold drink. And there's a, a marina uh, was there. So we zipped on it. And I always carried a, a mask in my, my one pocket so we could always um, do that. So we zipped in there and got a drink and, oh, look, they sell ice cream. What would you do for a Klondike bar? Well, let me tell you what I'd do. <laughs> so we're, I think it was like 10 o'clock in the morning and we're drinking Pepsis and Cokes and root beers and eating Klondike bars. <laughs> Glory days. You know why we did that? Because we can. We're adults. We can do that thing. That's right. Uh, and because our dentist is still closed, so we don't right. have to go in for a while. That's right. We got time to recuperate. Yeah. Sunrise and some sunsets every day were really cool at the lock systems. I've posted a couple of pictures of those as well. Um, some really nice scenery at the locks. Camping at the locks overnight was pretty cool. Uh, bathrooms were limited though due to COVID, so, but it, it really wasn't a problem. Like there's one, ba- they'd open up one bathroom and all the, the bathrooms have codes you got to push in to get into the bathroom because yeah. everybody likes to fish by the locks. <laughs> so you get all the yeah. fishermen using the bathroom. So no, no, you got to put codes on there because people are paying to moor their boats at nights and use a bathroom, right? right. And people are paying to camp there. So you got to give them clean facilities to use, not all mm-hmm. filthy and, and whatnot. Um, so are there are there camping facilities at, at most of these locks then? Yeah, yeah. Most of the locks you can have. Yeah. Not, not all of them. There's a few you can't, but the majority. And there's a couple right now that are under construction and stuff. 
Okay. Um, but yeah, the majority of them you can you can actually camp there. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. And there was there was boats traveling up and down the waterway. So at at night you'd see some above the dam or the the lock and some below the lock, which were you know they're heading out the next day to and that sort of thing. Locks opened at nine in the morning and closed either five thirty during the weekdays and I think six thirty or seven during the week ends. Uh, so that's basically what our day was, 9 to 5.30s. Uh, okay. So my, I only have two real complaints about the Trent Severn Waterway. Okay. Uh, three if you want to count the boat traffic, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I really can't complain about that. Uh, wish the locks would open earlier and close later. Mm-hmm. You know, so if we're waiting for the first lock at 9 in the morning, because the whole thing was to go through each lock. Yeah. So, you know, if you were open at seven or eight and then you stayed open later to like seven or eight, I mean, it's the middle of summer sort of thing. Long, long, long day with light. Like mm-hmm. it's not like it's, it's pitch black at five at night. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that would be why I would stay open longer and open longer or earlier and paddle craft docks top and bottom of every lock because like I would not have wanted to do that system in a kayak. Oh yeah. Because some of them have three to four foot walls mm-hmm. that you've got to get up out of. So ah. sitting in your kayak, get yep. up on top of a three foot wall. Mm-hmm. You're not. Yeah. You know, uh, and then try to get your kayak and all your gear out while standing on that three foot wall and reaching down three feet. Oh, Right. There was a few of them that had, um, docks sitting there. Uh, A couple that said, you know, oh, we lost our dock. It went somewhere, whatever. But yeah, Mm -hmm. you know, if the Trent Severn waterway people want this to promote paddling, which is apparently uh, I heard a few times of trying to do the, Mm -hmm. my one big thing would be, you need more accessibility to and from the water, uh, for paddle craft. Yeah. Uh, saw a ton of geese, gulls, terns, herons, ospreys, and cormorants. Ospreys mm-hmm. were really cool. There's a little, uh, little piece in Kevin's video that shows, uh, we saw an os. I, you know how people, you have the balconies and people put the fake owls? Yes. So we're by Trent University. I'm oh, look at that. That's a fake owl up there. And then his head moved. <laughs> and then he took off and swooped down at us. It was a giant osprey. Wow. Yeah. Really cool to see that. Yeah. Boaters. Uh, you got the big boats there, right? I mean, it's a, it's, it's mm-hmm. a recreational, it, it's not for uh, business use. It's recreational, right? So you're not, okay. you're not getting freighters going up and down, you know, with factory goods and stuff like that. It's not a working canal system at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not a, a waterway. Mix of considerate and inconsiderate boaters the entire, <laughs> entire way. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, one of the worst was mm-hmm. an OPP boat. Really? Yeah. The, the Ontario Provincial Police. Yeah. One of their yeah. boats went ripping by, didn't, and there's no way they couldn't have seen us. Yeah. They, and the wake they put out was ridiculous. Uh-huh. Uh, a lot of people were, we had one pontoon boat go by us three times. The first time they ripped on by. So we had to face it. Then they were putting up a big wake. So you got to face their wake. So it's that that impedes your progress because now you yep. in, you get that nice flow going forward. Now you've got to turn into the waves. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, then you got to turn back, get that momentum going again. They yeah. came back a third time. The lady waved and I'm just like looking at her, like raising my hands, like, really? And sort of gesturing towards the wake. The third yeah. time they came by, they slowed down. And all she hear is the lady, you know, you're supposed to slow down when you come by canoers. Where was <laughs> that the first two times, lady? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just shaking our heads at that one. Um wow. There, but there were there were quite a number of people that would see us. They slow down as they passed us, so there was minimal wake. And then once they passed us, they just gunned it again. Yeah. Uh, there was three guys in a boat that gunned it straight from their cottage, straight mm-hmm. in front of us. Oh, and we were just, are you kidding? Yeah, yeah. not impressed. We had, uh, or I had, uh, I had a, a lot of that on the early section of the Wisconsin as well. And I had one guy go out, and I'll, I'll share this and we'll get back to your thing. But this was just so funny. So you, you get these inconsiderate people, right? Mm-hmm. And you, when that happens, I'm always like, I hope they hit a stump or I hope they hit a rock or something, <laughs> right? This guy came down through, for whatever reason, the area around Spring Green has all of these idiot boaters. This guy came through, flew by me, didn't, you know, didn't shut down at all. And huge wake, and so yeah, you know the thing. And, and I'm paddling that 18 foot boat, right? And so yeah. I'm, you know, it's like, well, thanks a lot, buddy. And uh, he got out there and he hit a sandbar, <laughs> and karma just, yeah. And then he just wicked it up. He didn't try to to back off the sandbar. He tried going powering through the sandbar. And so this thing is just churning up, you know, sand and water, and, and all I'm thinking is. Oh, that engine is really going to be looking good tonight. Oh man! Wow! Yeah! Wow! Yeah! Yeah! yeah but you, you get it right. You get the you get that mix. Yeah, you know, and like I say, there the majority of them were good. The majority of them were far enough away that by the time their wakes hit us, wasn't that bad. There mm-hmm. was one narrow section of of mm-hmm. canal, and it's part of you know because there there are a lot of sections that are man made, right? So, and okay. you can tell because they're the same width all the way around, <laughs> you know, even if right. there's a curve or whatever, it's the same width uh, yeah. and all that sort of stuff. There was one huge boat came through 10 mm-hmm. kilometers an hour is what the speed limit is. Mm-hmm. But even though he was doing 10 kilometers an hour, when you've got that much displacement, yeah, you're still throwing up quite a wave. And yeah. there was just enough room for him to pass by. <laughs> like, I don't know what would have happened if he'd come across another big boat. There would have been right. a fight. Like, <laughs> somebody would have been on shore because there was no way two massive boats could pass. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, even still with him, like, he was doing his 10 kilometers an hour. But, the, the, like I say, the displacement just put up such big waves. that it was yeah. It was quite the carnival ride there. Wow. Um, there's a couple sections that bottleneck and mm-hmm. they're especially up near the Marine, uh, railway there, big shoot. There's a spot where you're coming down the channel and then it gets really narrow and then opens back out in this big bay where there's the Marina and the, the lock and all that. But you got big boat traffic coming both ways through there mm-hmm. and you're trying to paddle through that. So you got waves colliding Waves coming at yep. you from different sides. Yeah, that was that was a, a bit tricky to get through there. You really got to be on your game at that section. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, again, nobody was was speeding or you know doing stuff they weren't supposed to. It's just the nature of the beast at that point, right? 
Yeah, yeah. Um, when when you got all these boats doing ten kilometers an hour, it doesn't matter to the boats. But when you mm-hmm. throw in a couple of canoes down there, that's that's a bit different. Yeah. Uh, most oh. days were were pretty hot. Um, mm-hmm. Like I say, I was drinking two liters and up of water every day. And uh, I, I get this stuff. Trader brought home this electrolyte powder, um, mm-hmm. different flavors that you put in. And one, one of the small liter Nalgene bottles, you fill yeah. that up to like 800 milliliters on the side, pour one of these babies in and uh, gives you a nice flavor rather than just water and mm-hmm. gives some electrolytes into you for the day. Uh, again, some light rain in a couple of the mornings, nothing too bad. Uh, but then we ended up with, like I say, three massive rainstorms right in a row. Um, yeah. got through all of that. And then, yeah, it was beautiful all, all after that. Oh, well, you're welcome for those. I'm glad I could send those over. <laughs> hey, not a problem. They said, yeah, yeah some rainstorm. <laughs> just it, for you. Sp- spice up your footage a little bit. Well, we were hoping for a couple of water spouts and stuff, but apparently you kept those down your way, I guess. <laughs> uh, we just, yeah. yeah, just massive rain. Absolutely massive rain. Yeah, I kept those in the fire tornadoes out in California, too. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Speaking of, apparently my brother who lives out near Penticton, Penticton BC right now, mm-hmm. uh, you can see this ridge from his house. And uh, yeah, they're having massive wildfires right there. It's, it's yeah, it's frightening. It's uh, yeah. just one more, one more gift from 2020. Yeah, so hopefully uh, the wind shifts and goes the other way. But uh, yeah. yeah, I've seen some pictures of what's going on in his area there. So pretty scary. Yeah, hopefully it'll be all right. I'm hoping. Um, yeah. So all in all, you know what? It was it was an awesome trip. I'd love to do it again. I'd love to spend more time doing it. Derek and mm-hmm. I actually talked about maybe doing it in a houseboat. Oh, that'd be fun. Because, you know what, then you can spend an extra day somewhere and, like I say, run into world-famous chocolate in, in Campbellford and, you know, yeah. see a couple of little places like Campbellford, Bob Cage and all that. Spend so, a little, you know. If you were to do that, would you then take, like, canoes that you could paddle alongside or venture out here and there? Oh, definitely. That'd definitely. be fun. Did you ever see the Beachcombers? Did you guys get the TV show, The Beachcombers, down there? Mm, rings was, a bell, but I, I don't think I've ever seen it. Is that back in the seventies, eighties? Nick mm-hmm. and Donna's they were they were open BC. They uh, I'm I'm not as logs. old as you are, so yeah, yeah. You would have been. I, I would have probably been at that time. I'd have been about three years old. So yeah, I, I don't remember this. Uh, there's reruns till the late eighties, <laughs> I think. Anyway, there's this the, one of the characters' name was Relic, and he had this boat. We mm-hmm. saw a boat similar to that, except it had a cabin on it. Huh. Like, you know, you could fit a couple of people in there. And it had roof yep. racks on this cabin. <laughs> that would nice. be a perfect yeah. canoe bo- canoe chase boat. So if you ended up with these big swells that you couldn't get across a lake, you just throw your yeah. canoes up on that and right. dude just water taxi right across the lake. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. yeah, no, if we did a houseboat thing... Or- I would definitely take canoes because you know what? I, I could paddle along and you know what? I'm going to meet you down at Bob Cajun this evening. And then I just mm-hmm. paddle for the day. Everybody else wants to, you know, boogie on or whatever, then so be it. Right. Now, see, we saw a houseboat, but it had, this was when we got to the Mississippi, uh, cause we paddled a couple of miles on the Mississippi to get into 
into the you know our takeout area there was a houseboat coming down there and had six something like that six uh jet skis with it ooh and so yeah that was loud and the, and that was it was funny because that's you know that was a spot where i saw those speedboats coming up the river when i was when i did it the first time and i'm kind of right. like Maybe I don't need the Mississippi. I just, you know, maybe that upper area um, in Minnesota, uh, that might be kind of fun. Take it down to the Twin Cities. But, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of boat traffic. <laughs> there's a lot of boat traffic. Well, we uh, we were coming under one bridge, a rail railway bridge. Mm-hmm. Again, it was another little pinch point there. And all of a sudden you turn behind you, you know, make sure your traffic's coming. Ten jet skis all together come oh, ripping shit. by. One, oh no! One of them, this fella was rather large, mm-hmm. and I, I would if I, I would not be on that. <laughs> like <laughs> I, you can, it was struggling, and you couldn't help but look. Um, yeah. Great that he's out and everything, but like wow! But yeah, ten of them right in a row, just boogieing, wow. and you're just yeah. like, oh wow! And uh, there was some big boats. You know how in the big boats they have the inflatable. Uh, life boats with the little 9.9 on it. So if something happens, they just flip that into the water. Mm-hmm. The number we saw that didn't have those, they had a jet ski on the back. <laughs> so um, if you're sinking, you jump on your jet ski, I guess. I guess. Yeah. Did, uh, I'm, I'm curious. Uh, one of the things on the Wisconsin this time was there was a lot of aircraft that were following the river. Uh, helicopters, um, uh, planes, biplanes. Um, it, it was really interesting to see all of it. Was, was there anything like that? Was is that used as a? We by, saw uh, two float planes, and that was it. Oh, okay. maybe they heard there was some naked guy roaming around. They were just searching. They were <laughs> cops, <laughs> undercover cops in planes. There's some nude guy. We'll just see if we can find him. Ah, <laughs> uh, I, I, there was a, there was a, uh, there was one helicopter and it was loud and it, and I had looked up and I could see it above uh, a forest area. I was like, what is going on over there? And and then I could see it had something hanging down. So I assumed it was over near a power line. And they were moving either people and equipment and you know, right, um, and construction. And it turned out as I got down there, it was it was uh, had hanging blades. And so it was trimming back the, the forest. Trees, yeah, yeah. It, it was amazing. I, you know, whoever was piloting that, you, you know, you think about what they're doing and doing that around power lines. Yeah, it's like, wow. I hope you're getting paid a lot of money right now. Because it wouldn't be me doing that. <laughs> and you know, it reminded me of that James Bond. Uh, you know, the the James Bond film where they had that one come in and cut that building apart. Oh so. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had a great, great chase after that. Okay. Yeah. No, we uh, we didn't have, like I say, we saw a couple of float planes. We saw a couple of planes fly over, but nothing specifically following the uh, waterway itself. Okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know what? Great trip. I'd do it again. And um, mm-hmm. the end of the day, uh, the TV show Get Outside, A Paddling Adventure will be airing in the spring of uh, 2021 on Bell 5 TV 1. I don't know. I don't think you guys get Bell Five down there, do you? We do not. So you know, hopefully the 
No, we're going to be positive. By then, COVID will be under control and the border will be open and I'll be able to come up there and we'll be able to watch this. Well, you won't be able to watch it at my house because I don't have Bell 5 either. (laughs) (laughs) So, So, In other words, we have to be nice to Derek now just in case. I don't think he has it either. No. Well, then the hell with Derek. I'm going to have to go into work because I know my work has it. Oh, okay. So we're going to go sit in the boardroom. I'll book the boardroom. That's right. We've got a a closed door meeting here and we'll just flip on the telly and and we'll watch it. Put on a tie and come in with you. Yeah, there you go. We've got a a sales meeting. This is a potential new client. Oh, there you go. There you go, buddy. See? We got this going. So, yeah. Because I'm a potential client, you'd have to wine me and dine me, too. Yes, we're getting pizza. (laughs) Pizza and beer. That works. That works. Yeah. We'll get a we'll get a nice bottle of Chateau Libido. Has a screw off <laughs> cap, comes in a brown bag and says serve before Friday. <laughs> Looking uh, forward to it. That's gonna be awesome. Can't wait. Yeah. Uh yeah, no, it was it was really, really cool to have uh, Ben Stacy, two men in a canoe, uh give me a shout and say, Hey, let's do this. So Yeah, that's very cool. Yeah. Um, and I think that's all I, I think I had something else. Oh, I went, I went kayaking as well on Sunday. We got back Friday night, late Friday night. Mm-hmm. And Sunday yeah. I went kayaking with, uh, uh, Alan Drummond and John Brower, two of the guys that I was with, uh, on the trip there. Uh, <laughs> cool. we went kayaking up Duffins Creek because Alan had never been to Duffins Creek. So I got some more, uh, this is the first time I've been in the kayak this year. All right. Yeah. So got a little bit of, uh. A little bit more practice in the kayak, and uh, yeah, there was one section I really wish I was in my canoe with my canoe pole. Yeah, would have been a whole lot easier than trying to paddle a <laughs> kayak up that. Yeah, yeah, but uh, and also that was that was fun. I did a lot of stand up paddling um, as I was getting, you know, because when I was in the that Nova Craft, it was you know we had two people in that up in the Yukon. And, you know, your goal is not to get in that water because it's two degrees centigrade, right? Right. Or Celsius, rather. And uh, so, you know, you're you're being very careful and stuff. And on this trip, it was like, oh, it's so warm if I fall in the water. Who cares? So I did a lot of stand-up paddling on it, got really comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like a, a, a lot better paddler as a result. And uh, I tell you what, as I was paddling, I was really seeing the uh, the appeal of a stand-up paddleboard. Yeah, you should get one. I think I, uh, I think I might have already ordered one. <laughs> well, you get that out on the water when it comes, and then you let us know how it goes. I will do that. Um, and I think that's all I got this week. Yeah, yeah, I think that's it, man. Anything else? Um, I got nothing. I got nothing. Nothing. Um, other, other than the fact. Other than the fact that by the time uh, Derek hears this, my sprouts will already have been growing. Oh, did you plant yours? I didn't yet, but I'm going to tomorrow. Oh. Well, his are right next to all the books he doesn't read. (laughs) Right. So So. he'll get home, and and I'll be having my uh, my first batch of sprouts in a sandwich. That's awesome. More power to you. Oh, you know what? (laughs) Hmm. Trying to get freeze-dried food up here for trips has been utterly ridiculous. Yeah. I am a meatitarian. 
a self-proclaimed meatitarian. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I don't have to have vegetables, <laughs> I won't. However, uh, there is one one company that does sell a seven-day box of meals. Okay. And they actually, I actually found a place in Quebec that will ship. I should have them within two to three days. So mm-hmm. f- 14 different meals. Okay. Um, and I should have them within two to three business days. Mm-hmm. And they're vegetarian. Huh. So I'm going to give them a whirl. See how that goes. Yeah. I may starve. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you can't get them. They're sold out? They're sold out, yeah. I even went to a couple of our local like uh, Mountain Equipment Co-op and Sale, and they're yeah. like, we get them, and they're gone before end of day. Yeah. Right? Same with the I, uh, I, the little uh, gas canisters mm-hmm. that you screw your, your, your stove onto, like the um, – uh, drawing a blank again on the, the name. Um, yeah, the ones that you screw your – just the little stove part onto, the red, yeah. the red canisters. Yep. Everywhere gone, and then somebody will post yep. a picture. I was just in where whatever store, and look what they've got, and yeah, everybody's <laughs> making a beeline for the store because yeah. they're selling out everywhere. We we have that down here as well. Um, what I found, and the way to to, and I don't know if it'll help up there or not. Um, it did help down here. Is a lot of the individual packets were sold out, or people were gouging, so they're two or three times the actual retail, you know, price. Right. Uh, but what I found was you can find um, sets of six, like a box of six. Now it's of, of, of one meal. So it'd be like maybe a box of the beef stroganoff or, you know, mac and cheese or whatever it might be. And that's how I've been getting mine. And right. when I, while gearing up for, you know, if I'm able to do this, this full paddle down the Wisconsin in, in September, and uh, late September, early October, I've been, whenever I see that, I just jump on it, you know, mm-hmm. and, and trying to get that. And then the other thing that I've been, that's hard to find, um, you kind of got to look around a little bit for it, are the Tasty Bite, the Indian meals. I don't know if you've had any of those. Uh, no. So, yeah, so they, they, they're an Indian meal. Um, they're not lightweight. They're not dehydrated. They're boil in the bag. Oh, boil in the bag stuff, yeah. Yeah, and then you you know put that over rice or or noodles or whatever you you know you want to do that way, right? And there there's some of them are really good, and uh, those a lot of those have been sold out down here too. Uh, you know, in fact, when I was you know I mentioned the stand up paddleboard getting ordered, uh, when I was looking at those and really thinking, yeah, that was really fun. You know, uh, paddling along that way, maybe maybe I'll do this. I, I went to like NRS. And because uh, I love their gear and, and have used it for years, everything was sold out. You know, every every paddle they had, every stand-up paddleboard was sold out. Went to all these different uh, manufacturers, completely sold out. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, I think we're, we're you know, we're feeling that crunch of, uh, you know, you, we, you can't get together and go to a concert anymore or that sort of thing, but we can go out and, and uh, be outdoors and... So I think that market has oh, they're, everything they're that clicking is, along really good right now. Yeah, you know, because every even people that have never wanted to go paddling mm-hmm. have bought paddle craft. Right. Yeah, 
you know. And it's you know it's that thing of of then you know from with facilities shut down a lot of facilities shut down in March for several months so now they're you know the time to get back up the stock to be able to sell things again is you know yeah much slower so yeah I think we're probably looking at this situation until probably what October November oh I'm thinking at least so Oh, yeah, yeah, whenever I can get some of these things, hopefully they bring back some of the non-vegetarian. But you know what? Like, I mean, they got, like, regular food, like mac and cheese. <laughs> and, uh, well, there's a couple there that I know the one of them, has, it's got corn in it. So the, Tracy will get those ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, they got regular. It's just vegetarian stuff. You know, so we'll see have how you that looked goes. At, have you looked into Happy Yak at all? The, the I, Canadian? Sold out. Are they? Yeah, yeah. I'm not surprised. That was good food and the salt, you know, I've, they, they put a third of the salt in or, yeah. or half. I mean, yeah. I've got one left upstairs in the cupboard. <laughs> one happy yak left. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's what I, when I, when I did tomogamy, that big trip through tomogamy last year, that's mm-hmm. what I had. And they were awesome. Yeah. Loved them. Their, their macaroni yeah. especially was really good. Their rice dishes were good. Like I, I, I would eat the happy yak stuff all day long. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's very good. It's, it's, I think that is the best dehydrated food I've ever had. Yeah. So, yeah. but like I say, you get these big boxes with different stuff in them and you know, you got your, your breakfast smoothie, a lunch and a dinner. Well, for me, that's not a lunch. And those are two dinners because I, <laughs> yeah. I never stop for lunch. I'll have mm-hmm. like um, granola, a granola bar, some jerky, and trail mix for lunch as I go. Yes, I I, yep. I don't think I have ever really stopped and made lunch mm-hmm. on a trip. I just I just don't. Um, yeah. So either that's you know one dinner or you know I'll, you know and then the next one's for another dinner or I'll eat one and it's not enough then I'll eat the lunch for dinner sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, if I can get those big packs, then perfect. The boxes. Yeah. Yeah. It saves you a few, you know, it saves you maybe 10, 15 bucks or something at the end of the day. You know, I mean, that's that's maybe one and a half meals or something, but 15 mm-hmm. bucks is 15 bucks. Right. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, we'll see what happens and uh, we'll go from there. I'll let you know how the, the vegetarian ones turn out. Because we're actually, we're, we're away next Thursday, Friday. Saturday, oh, Sunday. Yeah? yeah, we're going up to uh, Bice Lake. Trace and I are going up and... Uh, oh, awesome. Yeah, do some trout fishing and hopefully... And so uh, she's going to be able to put to use some of that uh, the great stuff that she learned at uh, Tory Baird's. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to let awesome. her portage everything. <laughs> <laughs> Got to learn sometime. See you oh, at the other end. <laughs> oh, I'm going to contact her after this trip and say, you poor thing. How did you deal with them? Yeah, deal with who? <laughs> find the body yeah that's right <laughs> I went out with him officer but yeah. he disappeared and I don't know what happened to him yeah yeah <laughs> it was a great time no clue what you're talking that's about right. that's right uh, yeah. good times um, cool. yeah so if you want to find out more about us you can find us at paddlingadventuresradio.com you can find us on Facebook and check out our Facebook page because we posted a lot of stuff lately from our trip, my trip up uh, through the waterway, uh, Trent Severn Waterway. A lot of uh, live stuff. Check out Kevin Callan's video. We've posted that as well. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter. 
You can listen to us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Player FM, and all your favorite podcast downloading sites. You can go to paddlingadventuresradio.com. We have the episode page there, and all 236 episodes will be there for your (laughs) streaming or downloading. Uh, If you're enjoying this podcast, please uh, share it with all your friends and uh, tell them to share it with their friends. And I think that is about it. John, thank you very much for coming on this week. Hey, thank you. It's we, been fun. Yeah. The new Derek. <laughs> <laughs> Derek should be back again next week. So I want to thank everybody for listening this week. We'll see you next time.